0: From R.D. Smothers Wealth Management, this is The Retirement. When you retire, if you want an exciting life, you need a boring investment strategy. Matters. If you enter into retirement without a plan for income, you're not retired. You're simply unemployed. Podcast. planning better for your future where you can live in retirement worry-free or my favorite how you can live a happy and fulfilled life in this life you have been given we know that your time is valuable and we appreciate you spending it listening to this episode of the retirement matters podcast on this episode of the retirement matters podcast we bring to you a very nice analogy of how the market works We talk about a five sided coin. It's very easy to understand. And this five sided coin having a certain number of heads and a certain number of tails. And just because you get a bad flip every so often doesn't mean you stop playing the game, especially since the odds are so much in your favor. The stock market works very similarly. We started off this week with a pause for positivity that is good for people of all ages, people who have dreams people who just want to live a life that is good and wholehearted, people who want to put all of their efforts into their dreams, their desires, maybe even carry out destinies that they have told no one about. This is a good pause for positivity, one of my favorite we've done in a long time. And then at the very end, we discuss how uh, presidential elections specifically have impacted the S&P 500. How presidential elections overall impact the stock market, and why you should do your best to detach your retirement success from the success of the stock market as you approach retirement income phase. If you have not heard our philosophy on retirement income and retirement growth phase, and where you are, if you don't have a clear understanding of that, I would urge you to go back and listen to some of our most recent podcasts discussing the differences between retirement income and retirement growth phase, and as you approach retirement income phase, needing this money to work for you and generate income because you have walked away from public work, it becomes imperative that you do not risk the principal that you have saved and made through the series of growth just to be able to generate the income. Uh, If you take a substantial hit to your portfolio, especially if it's due to some sort of market recalibration or a market rebalance or a return to the mean. And in layman's terms, that means a crash. If those things happen, we are likely to see a lot of savers be on the wrong side of that trade. And it could cause people to go back to work or unfortunately, maybe not ever retire at all. So, if this is you, and you would like a clear understanding of where your money is, how long it's going to last, and where the income's going to come from, we would love to work with you. 270-600-7526 is a good number to reach our office. Someone on the team will be in touch with you to discuss your unique retirement journey and how we can help you fulfill the desired retirement you have always imagined. And lastly, before we jump to the show, I want to remind you to like, share, subscribe, give us reviews on this podcast. The more reviews, the more traffic we get, the more people we can be in front of and help with their own retirement journey. So, with no further delay, let's jump straight to this week's episode of the Retirement Matters Podcast. Good morning to you. I hope you're doing well and you're ready to start discussing all things retirement matters. Today's show is going to be a good one. No matter if you are an investor, a saver, someone in growth phase, someone in income phase, you're five years from retirement, 25 years from retirement, or you're five years into retirement, I think you're going to get a lot of good information from this show today. We're going to cover everything from how the stock market reacts in election years. We're going to tell you a little bit of history around the S&P 500, when it was created, celebrating a 100th birthday this year, as a matter of fact, and that dates all the way back to 1923, the creation of the Standard and Poor's Index. And then we're going to talk to you about the 401k, and when it was created, and why there is this misnomer that it is, in fact, a retirement plan, when in reality, it is just a, a tax code loophole, if you will, that allows your employer to contribute to your retirement without being responsible for the success of your retirement. There are times when your money needs to be in that. There are times when your money needs to be out of that. And We're going to discuss all of that today. But before we do that, as always, we are going to take a pause to reflect on some positive insight, some positive news, and some positive thinking It is the part of our show we call The Pause for Positivity, so let's jump in. comes to us from Jim Rohn, and a quote that he made that says, you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. And I literally want to pause for a minute and think about how impactful this statement is. It is certainly a captivating statement, It's provocative. It's thought-invoking. Like We we start to think about who are we surrounding ourselves with. And Jim Rohn made this statement years ago in an observation that is statistically proven and scientifically backed with years and years and years of research. But dating all the way back to Abraham Lincoln, there is a, a quote that he is famous for that comes to mind when I hear this. And that quote is this. Abraham Lincoln said, if you give me five hours to chop down a tree, I will spend the first four sharpening the ax. And if our goal in this life is to accomplish a dream, if our goal in this life is to live a happy life, if our goal in this life is to uh, fulfill a destiny that we feel is being called in our life a lot of the success or failure of that dream, destiny, or goal is going to depend on who you have in your corner. Who are the five people that you surround yourself with? Another uh, variation of this same statement says, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And, and there are people that have even taken Jim Rohn's statements a little further and said, it's not just the five people you surround yourself with, it's even people you've never met before. People who pour into you because you open yourself up to be influenced by them with social media. And I believe this to be true. You think about where you want to be in life five years from now, 10 years from now. Think about what your objective is, and then think about sharpening the axe. You see, what Abraham Lincoln was talking about had nothing to do with people and surrounding himself with people. It literally said, if I have a job to do, I am going to first work on the tools that I have been given to make them as efficient and as prosperous and as effective as possible. And what that means is that if you have a goal in life, or a dream in life, or a a calling on your life, or a destiny that you feel that you are to fulfill in your life, then it might make a lot of sense for you to look around and make sure all of the tools that you have been handed are being utilized efficiently. Making sure that the people around you are are those who are going to pour into your dream, those who are going to support you. You you can maybe think of it this way. If you want to be somewhere, surround yourself with someone who has already been there. If you want to do something, surround yourself with people who have already done that something. And you are far more likely to achieve that objective than if you surround yourself with people who have no desire, no ambition, no goals. Surrounding yourself with the wrong people can and will negatively influence you. It is impossible to be positive when you surround yourself with negative people. It is also very difficult to be negative if you surround yourself with positive people. There's a TikTok that comes to mind that a friend of mine showed me. Uh, She sent this video to me, and that video was pretty impressive. She was actually saying, this might be a good pause for positivity, Dale. Which is really neat. I love it when people send me that kind of thing. And I'm going to use it here because it makes a lot of sense. This lady had planted a garden. And when she planted her garden, it was early on in the season. She decided to start planting her fruits and her vegetables. And and as she's planting, she's haphazardly just planting stuff here and stuff here and some things there and some things there. She's not really organized in where she's going to plant each and everything. And as the days turn to weeks and and her hoeing and her weeding and all of this continues on as she's doing the right thing at the right times, she realizes that her watermelon have grown rather quickly, and she's excited about it. Her first ripe watermelon, it's ripened much quicker than she had anticipated, and she knows it's ripe because it's yellow. It's starting to even turn yellow on the bottom, and she is so... Excited with anticipation about how this watermelon is going to taste, she decides she's going to bring it in and cut it open. And not only is she going to cut it open, she's going to cut it open on TikTok in front of her friends and the entire world to see. And she is uh, somewhat proud that she has has successfully gardened so well that uh, her watermelon have grown at such a quick pace. So she's narrating this video throughout her time of cutting the uh, the watermelon open. And it doesn't take her long to realize that after she cuts the watermelon open, it is bright yellow inside. It's bright yellow inside. So it started to turn yellow on the bottom, which is an indication of the watermelon is ripe, but all of a sudden inside it's yellow and she's confused. She decides to take a small taste and what she tastes is squash. She has made a crossover between watermelon and squash. And as she researches this, she comes back with an update, and it's funny. This video is a funny video because she is so disappointed. We come to find out she has planted her watermelon too close to the squash, and now her squash have essentially somehow cross pollinated the watermelon seeds, and the watermelon is not watermelon. Instead, it is a really, really sweet squash. <laughs> And and when I saw that video, and the person who sent it to me also kind of reiterated that who you are around can and will impact you, just like this squash, just like this watermelon. If you get too close to the wrong people, it will impact your life in the wrong direction. And if you get close enough to the right people, you can see your life taking a, a turn that you never thought possible. So here's the challenge this week and the thought this week. I want you to audit the people that you are surrounding yourself with, and I want you to think about what your goals and ambitions are in this life. And if those people are not supporting, not enabling, not uh, progressing your mission and your goals in this life, then maybe you should change your environment. If you have negative people, you will turn out negative. If you have positive and reinforcing people, you will accomplish the goals you desire. I believe that. Jim Rohn has studied that. There's a lot of proverbs that support this theory. And even on the scientific basis, our watermelon and our squash show that it's possible. So, we are going to go from here to some content right after this break. We've finished the Pause for Positivity section of our show, and we're going to jump into the content portion of our show, where we are going to jump straight into the S&P 500, what it is exactly, because there are a lot of people who hear us talk about it on the radio show, and they're not 100% certain of what it actually is. So we're going to break that down in layman's terms. What is the S&P 500? How long has it been around? And why does it matter in our next section? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Looks like we have about a 72% chance of a successful landing today. Did you catch that? A 72% chance of success? No one would fly on this airline. But you'd be surprised how many people take this approach to their own retirement. This is Dale Smothers, your host of the Retirement Matters Show. Join me right here each week as we discuss ways you can gain confidence in your retirement plan. Good decision-making, time-tested strategies, and a well-written plan will allow you the luxury of relaxation, even when you're going through those panic-inducing, turbulent times. As the host of the Retirement Matters Show, we will teach you how to keep your retirement on track, making sure that your destination is everything you wanted it to be. Tune in for the Retirement Matters Show with Dale Smothers. Also, check out the Retirement Matters Podcast. Just search for Retirement Matters with Dale Smothers on the podcast platform of your choice. All right, welcome back to the show. Let's jump into the content section. But before we go to that, I'm going to give you a pop quiz. Here we go. Let's see how much you know about the S&P 500. I want to know how many stocks are in the S&P 500. Without Googling it, without asking a friend, what do you think the answer is? How many stocks are in the S&P 500? We'll get some answers here before the end of the section. Let's jump into the S&P 500. The S&P 500, uh, as we know it, started out in 1957. In 1957, the S&P 500 uh, was quickly adopted as one of the best measures of the U.S. stock market. It, it, it was essentially a scoreboard, is how I like to explain it—a scoreboard that tells how the U.S. stock market is doing. And early on into my career, I remember very specifically a a very wise financial advisor sitting down with me, and he said, "Listen, what we do on a day-to-day basis." Is not looking at the scoreboard. When you go to play the game, you do not pay attention to the scoreboard. You play the game the best you know how. And that has stuck with me all throughout my career. When I was talking to that financial advisor, I didn't quite understand what he meant, but it started to make sense to me the more I realized how many variables there are inside of this scoreboard. And if we think of the S&P 500 as a scoreboard, its job is to tell us with a quick glance how the overall stock market has done in the US economy. 500 companies in the S&P 500, but let's go ahead and get to our trivia question. How many stocks are there? If you said 500, you're wrong. <laughs> and that's a common misconception. There are actually 503 stocks As some of these companies have issued different classes of stocks, and as a result, the 500 companies actually issue 503 different stocks. So, you can purchase up to 503 different stocks inside of the S&P 500. And if you buy certain index funds, you can theoretically own every single one of those stocks with one purchase. And while index fund may be out of the scope of our conversation today, I think it is really imperative that you understand that, especially if you're in growth phase, you can purchase all 500 companies in the U.S. stock market with one purchase. And one of the most popular ETFs that track the S&P 500 is SPY. SP, is in Paul, Y. Now, Let's go with the S&P 500 as a scoreboard. Let's take that understanding a little bit farther. In 1923, the S&P 500 was the scoreboard for around 233 different companies, not 500. In 1957, it adopted now 500 companies, and those companies do change from time to time. Those 500 companies are broken into 11 sectors, So, in the S&P 500, you have 11 different, let's say, areas, we call them sectors in our industry, you have 11 different areas that each and every company would be coupled with, or let's say, categorized as. So, 11 sectors, 500 companies. Now, for years, and as a matter of fact, if you talk to some financial advisors, especially old-school financial advisors, especially growth advisors... They will still use the Dow Jones Industrial as the benchmark or the measuring stick of how well the U.S. economy is doing, how well the U.S. stock market is doing. Keep in mind that both the Dow Jones Industrial and the S&P 500 only measure stocks. They do not measure bonds. Also note that the Dow Jones Industrial of 30 stocks, the majority of those stocks also are in the S&P 500 which is a different scoreboard. So, the Dow Jones Industrial measures 30. The S&P 500 measures 500. And the NASDAQ, just to balance this out, measures 100 companies, all with similar characteristics, mostly technology. Now, let's go back to the S&P 500. Let's imagine that it is the uh, uh, consensus for the overall measurement or the measuring stick of the U.S. stock market. And then let's talk about why that matters. So, the S&P 500, and I'm going to break this down for you, it's the Standard and Poor's 500, measures 500 companies. In 1923, it measured 233 companies. And since 1923, we have seen a lot of ups and downs in the stock market. However, if you look at the history of the stock market, you can kind of get this picture of a five-sided coin. Now, I'm going to give you this analogy, and I know there's no such thing as a five-sided coin, but if I were to make a five-sided coin for you, and four sides were heads, one side was tails, and I gave you a dollar for every time you flipped the coin and it landed on heads. The first time you landed on tails, I've got to ask you this question Would you stop playing? Most people would answer no. Most people would say, No, of course not, Dale. I'm going to now flip the coin again and I'm going to get heads. What if every time you landed on tails, you lost $2? Would you still play? What if you started the game off? and I gave you the ability to borrow money. You uh, flip the coin, and it's on tails, and unfortunately, you're down $2. And you flip the coin again, and, and you're down now $4. Would you keep flipping? This might tell you whether or not you're a saver or an investor. Because the four out of five isn't just something I'm making up. It's statistically proven to be the case that four out of five times four out of every five years, the S&P 500 is positive. And when the S&P 500 is positive, if you are an investor, you make money. But if those odds don't allow you to feel confident, if those odds make you answer with, but yeah, Dale, you can lose two. You may make one, but you're going to lose two. If that's your mentality, then you're probably a saver. And there's nothing wrong with being a saver. But I'm telling you, if you are young enough, you need to be an investor, and if you are close enough to retirement income phase, you likely need to navigate towards being a saver. But let's go back to our analogy, and let's change the rules just a little bit on how this coin game works. I hand you the same five-sided coin, four out of five sides are heads, one side is a tail. But this time, instead of making a dollar for every heads and losing two for every tails, what if I told you you can make a quarter for every heads and you don't lose anything for every tails? Now, if you're a saver, that probably sounds more like what you're interested in. Something where you can't go backwards, even if it means that you're making a little bit less. On the years where things are good. And if you're closer to retirement income phase, I've got good news for you. That's exactly where you need to be. You now are approaching retirement income phase, which means you cannot afford to lose. Losses hurt you more than gains help you. And there are ways for us to put your money to work where you take a little bit of the upside of the stock market. Maybe instead of a quarter, maybe you're making 50 cents. Maybe some years, we might even be able to get you $0.75 if the market is up or the coin lands on heads. But when you see a tails come up, four out of every five years, when you see a negative take place in the market, you're not negatively impacted. Those are the types of positions and savings vehicles you need to be a part of. And as investors and savers draw farther and farther apart from one another, see, here, here's here's another little piece of information. For years, savers and investors have both had to look in the same place to be able to make their money grow because savers weren't yielding anything on CDs. They weren't getting anything on cash. They didn't have any other option except to put money in the stock market. And what has happened is the stock market has become very, very inflated since that period of time. Well, now we have CDs paying four and five percent. We have money markets paying four and a quarter, five and a quarter percent to let your money set in cash. You're earning money. And now savers are able to leave the stock market and participate in these safe investments. And while that makes uh, everything about a saver's life much easier, it certainly complicates the investors. And there may be this series of of reckoning, this series of rebalancing, this return to the mean. And what does that mean for you? Well, that means that there's a greater chance that we might see uh, the stock market fall a little bit to get back to where it should be if savers had had all of these options for these last two decades. So, with the stock market perhaps being a little bit inflated, with savings becoming more and more advantageous, more and more attractive, you're going to start to see this rejostling of where people put their money. And that's going to give us golden opportunities for some investors, and it could very easily cost a lot of savers' money, if they're not working with the right investment advisor, or if they're not working around a well-written income plan. So here's my offer to you. I want to offer you one hour free of charge to sit down with one of my advisors on our team where we can go over your plan together and review how your income will be coming to you. How much of a rate of return do we need from where you are right now to get to where you want to be, And at what point will it become important for you to stop taking risk? Maybe that time is now. Maybe that time is two or three years from now. But there comes a point in time where you're likely going to be better suited taking a quarter for every time there are heads that appear and taking no loss when the tails appear, as opposed to taking a dollar when the heads appear and $2 loss when the tails appear. I hope you're getting my analogy. And I hope that if this makes sense to you and you would like a second set of eyes, you reach out to my team 270 600 plan. We can help you craft the plan specifically for you to help you get to your desired retirement destination. How you will live in retirement is solely up to you. And if you're not working with somebody who helps you build a plan, it's going to be difficult to do that. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. When we come back, we are going to discuss how the stock market behaves in U.S. presidential years. So, we are quickly approaching a U.S. presidential year. I've had a lot of people talking to me about what happens in presidential years, Dale. We're going to go through that right after this. It's fourth and one with two seconds left in the game. Less than one yard separates you from victory. You have the best running back in the league, but your coach calls a Hail Mary. As silly as that sounds, we see a lot of retirement managers being far too aggressive with your investments when a more conservative play would be a better fit. You have questions, we have answers. Contact R.D. Smothers Wealth Management 270 600 PLAN. That's 270 600 7526. All right, let's jump into this last section. we got about three minutes to wrap up. What takes place in a presidential year is very concerning to a lot of people. There are a lot of things that people are concerned about whenever it comes time to start electing the president. One of them is the stock market. Knowing whether or not the stock market's going to go up or it's going to go down, that's a very big concern. And everyone seems to have their own philosophy on what happens in a presidential election year but I want to give you a few statistics and what the facts actually say. Recently, First Trust published this research paper, and it was titled The S&P 500 Index Returns in U.S. Presidential Elections. By the way, there have been 25 presidential elections since the formation of the S&P 500. If you missed what the S&P 500 was, go back and listen to the podcast cuz last section we did a deep dive into what the S&P 500 is and how it measures the US stock market. And here is what's amazing and it actually boils down to the five-sided coin analogy I was just discussing. And this is a staggering fact, but 20 out of the last 24 election years, this is the 25th, 20 out of the last 24 election years, the stock market has provided a positive return to investors. That's 83% of the time. That's incredibly high. But still, it becomes a very scary time for people because there are a lot of policies that could change. And In this first trust paper, there were a lot of remarkable observations that I found One of them being that in all of the presidential years added up together, with all the positives and the negatives, the average rate of return was 11.28% in all election years since the S&P 500 was created. That's pretty impressive. And when we think about who does better, Republican or Democrat, well, according to the statistics published, uh, the S&P 500, at least, doesn't really care what hat they're wearing. As long as they're waving the American flag, they seem to be in favor of the president. According to the statistics, if a Democrat was elected, it's just under 11% on average total return. And if a Republican is elected, it's just under 13% total return, which tells me the difference is nominal at best. And one of the neatest observations that I found was that healthcare and energy are the two most impacted sectors in any election year. So, it's easy to understand why someone would be a little skittish or maybe even have their own philosophies as to whether or not a uh, election year is a good time to buy into the stock market. And I know right now there are people wrestling with the fact that 2024 may not be a good year, so I can't retire. And what I'm going to tell you is, if an election year is the one deciding factor on whether or not you can retire, then you're not retiring with a plan, and you're certainly not retiring as efficiently as you should be. You are going to live a what-if retirement, and what you need to do is call my team and let us build the desired retirement you have dreamed of. All right, guys, I want to give you one more tidbit here of information and knowledge that I have gathered in over 15 years of helping retirees retire happy. I have had the privilege of working with clients through several different presidential administrations, both Republican and Democrat. And what I know is where you are. If you're entering into retirement income phase, you depend on your investments to generate the income that you need. And you cannot afford a 15, 20, or even a 30% hit in the stock market due to a correction, or even worse, perhaps a crash. And that's why we craft the plan built around your income, your need, and we provide clarity around how long your retirement can last and what type It will be. Through it all, the one thing that I have come to realize in working with retirees is that your retirement success should not depend on the success of the stock market in any given year, whether it's an election year or not. My team is here to help you. Give us a call at 270-600-PLAN. And until we talk again, always remember, save money, plan well, and live happy in retirement. God bless. Investment advisory services made available through AE Wealth Management LLC. AE Wealth Management and Artie Smothers Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only, it is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Artie Smothers Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained here and provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Smothers Wealth Management.